how many of you have ever fallen asleep uh, in the middle of class when you were in school? Oh, come on. There's got to be more of you than that. <laughs> how about at work? Anybody nod off in a chair at work? Yeah. Yep. How many of you have ever fallen asleep in the middle of a sermon? <laughs> you know, sometimes people even fall asleep at the wheel when they're driving. Um, Over-the-road truck drivers have got to have just an enormous battle with that. They drive such long hours, often late at night, you know, hearing the monotonous drone of the tires on the pavement. They need some strong coffee to keep them awake. Uh, you know, you can actually buy a car today that can sense when the driver is falling asleep. It has sensors that watch your eyes, and when your eyes start to blink longer and slower, uh, or you start to drift a little bit out of your lane, uh, suddenly the car uh, wakes you up with a warning sound uh, or with a flashing light. You know, a little uh, coffee cup icon starts blinking at you. Saab actually uses a voice alarm. You know, if you're nodding off, the car announces, you're tired. (laughs) Uh, Followed by, you're dangerously tired. Stop as soon as it's safe to do so. The driver's seat even vibrates a little bit to, you know, to help wake you. Before long, you may even be able to get a car that uses other systems like a little puff of air on the back of your neck coming out of your seat cushion to to wake you up, a vibrating steering wheel, uh, and even automatic steering that takes over and gently guides you back into your lane when you start to drift. Now, probably the best way to stay awake during a sermon is to actively participate in it by taking notes or you know that sort of thing. Um, so today, I want to get some of your input. What are some of the things that make you sleepy what are some of the things that kind of you know make you yeah what what makes you sleepy listening to country music makes you sleepy okay (laughs) yeah when you've been staying awake for a long time when it's been a really long day what else can make you sleepy anybody eat turkey this past week you know, there, there's a chemical in Turkey called uh, uh, tryptof- tryptophan. Yeah, and, and that actually has kind of sleepy chemicals in it. Yeah, you had turkey? Good, good. You know, it, so sometimes if you have a really full meal, I mean, after Thanksgiving dinner, you start to go, oh, man, I need a nap. Uh, if, if you've been awake too long, if you've got lot of stress and worry that has kept you up uh, and you haven't gotten a good night's sleep, that can make you sleepy. Sometimes too much medication or self-medication in the form of alcohol or something else, uh, that can make you sleepy. Now, how about this? Um, What can make you spiritually sleepy? Who's got an idea of something that can make you kind of fall asleep spiritually? Come on. This is the audience participation part. (laughs) 
What's that? Routine. Kind of just, you know, you get in kind of a routine and you just kind of forget about God. You, you know, you just kind of get focused on your own stuff going on. Okay. What else can make you spiritually sleepy? Getting out of the habit of praying, you know, where, where you just get too busy. Uh, you have too much other stuff going on and you forget to pray. What else can make you spiritually sleepy? What, what's that? Satan, absolutely. Yeah. The, we have an enemy and he tries to do everything that he can to keep us distracted, tired, off balance, so that we're not focused on God and His Word and prayer. All those things can contribute to falling asleep spiritually. You know, we, we end up running ourselves ragged, getting too many distractions in our lives, and getting caught up in our own routine. It was the same thing in Noah's day. Now, people were eating and drinking, buying things, getting married, everyday stuff. They were caught up in their usual routine and thinking only about themselves. And so they were caught off guard by the flood. Suddenly, everything was swept away. In our Gospel reading today, Jesus said that the end will be like that. People will be going about their usual business, working in the fields, grinding at the mill. Suddenly, one will be taken and one will be left. So the question is, are you ready for our Lord's return? Or are you so busy and distracted that you're falling asleep? Jesus and Paul both tell us that it is time to wake up. Keep awake, Paul says, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Now, I, I don't think that, that you know, Jesus is saying here that we should stay up all night waiting for him, you know, like kids try to stay awake to see Santa Claus, because uh, you certainly can't do that for very long. <laughs> you go one night without sleep and you're dragging all the next day. Right after... Jesus says these words to his disciples. He tells a parable, a story that gets you to think in different ways. He tells a parable about ten bridesmaids waiting for the groom to arrive. He says five of them are foolish and five of them are wise. All of them fall asleep waiting for the groom. He's been delayed. And at midnight, someone says, here he comes! Well, the five foolish ones find their lamps are sputtering. They're out of oil. And so they ask the five wise ones, can you give us some of your oil? Our lamps are going out. And the, the wise one says, no, we, don't, we won't have enough. Go and buy some more for yourselves. And so the foolish ones leave to go get oil. And when they come back, the bridegroom has already arrived and brought the wise ones in to the reception, and the door has been closed, and they knock at the door. Let us in, let us in. And he says, I don't know you. I don't know you. And Jesus says, Therefore, keep awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Another translation of that word, keep awake, 
is the Boy Scout motto, which is, be prepared. Well, how do you keep yourself prepared? How do you keep yourself awake, alert, expectant for our Lord's return? Paul says, the day will come like a thief in the night. In 1 Thessalonians, uh, he says this. This is from the Message Translation. I don't think, friends, that I need to deal with the question of when all this is going to happen. You know as well as I that the day of the Master's coming can't be posted on our calendars. He won't call ahead and make an appointment any more than a burglar would. About the time everyone's walking around complacently congratulating each other, we've got it made, now we can take it easy, suddenly everything will fall apart. It's going to come as suddenly and inescapably as birth pangs to a pregnant woman. You see, burglars don't make appointments. They just show up. So you keep prepared for them. You lock your doors and windows. You leave a light on. You have a security system installed. You have a neighbor keep an eye on your place when you're gone. You keep your house and property insured so that you're prepared for the unexpected. Labor pains also come unexpectedly. Sometimes early, sometimes late. You'll never, you never know for sure when the baby will arrive. A few weeks before Cassidy's due date, we made sure that we were ready to go at a moment's notice. Bags packed, car gassed up, arrangements made just in case she decided to come ahead of time. Because babies don't make appointments. Unless they're pulled out early, they'd come whenever they're ready. God doesn't make appointments either. He just opens our eyes to His presence when we least expect it. You get a phone call out of the blue from someone who wants to set things right. Someone sends you an unexpected gift which helps you through a difficult time. You get a wake-up call that jolts you back to your senses. What do you do when God breaks into your life. Jesus says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Again, a little more from 1 Thessalonians. Paul says, but friends, you're not in the dark. So how could you be taken off guard by any of this? You're sons of light, daughters of day. We live under wide open skies and know where we stand. So let's not sleepwalk through life like those others. Let's keep our eyes open and be smart. People sleep at night and get drunk at night, but not us. Since we're creatures of the day, let's act like it. Walk out into the daylight sober, dressed up in faith, love, and the hope of salvation. We are to stay awake and sober. Here's how the message puts part of our reading from Romans 13. Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all of your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off, oblivious to God. 
The night is over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work He began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting around for the, the last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Dawn is about to break. When was the last time that you were up to see the sunrise? When you watched the whole thing? I saw it pretty often when I lived on the edge of Lake Huron in Michigan. Most mornings I'd go down to the beach for a run. And if there weren't any clouds, I'd see the, the sun, or I'd see the sky gradually brighten until the brilliant orange disk popped up over the edge of Lake Huron. And then everything came alive with morning light. You know the kind of light that I'm talking about where, where colors seem brighter? Trees and buildings stand out. It seems like all creation takes a breath as the day begins. You and I are waiting for sunrise, for the rising of God's one and only Son. When will, we, when will He return? The angels don't know. The Son doesn't know. Only the Father knows. But to wait for the Son, you don't have to know when He will arrive. You just have to be prepared. And being prepared simply means this. To trust Jesus as your Savior and live like He's your Lord. Right after our reading from today, Jesus encourages us to be like wise and faithful slaves who the Master finds at work when He arrives. He warns, don't start thinking, oh, He's been delayed. I can do whatever I want. Don't waste your time and get swept up in petty arguments, jealousy, drunkenness. Instead, as Paul says, lay aside the works of darkness. Put on the armor of light. Put on the Lord Jesus Himself. Be prepared. Be ready. Watch for His arrival. How are we being faithful while we wait for our coming King? How are we attending to the needs of others? As we wait for His advent, we're called to do more than just go about life as usual, eating and drinking and shopping. We're called to help people, to reach out with the message of forgiveness and peace and new life in Jesus Christ. We're called to live out the message in our words and actions. So what time is it? It's time to wait and watch, to speak and act, to show the world who we're waiting for 
by how we live our lives. This Advent, may Christ come into your heart. May He wake you up to His presence so your life shines like the risen sun whose coming is certain and whose day draws near. Amen.